You're listening to Chicago's Gospel Podcast, a show that explores how the unchanging gospel of Jesus Christ shapes your life in an ever-changing city. In each episode, we'll take you on a tour of the city to discover how the gospel speaks into both the unique opportunities and challenges Christians face in an urban context. This is a show from Chicago and for Chicago. So let's get to work. Well, welcome back to Chicago's Gospel Podcast. I'm Eric Viker. And I'm Will Pareja. And we are so excited to have a guest that we've had on the show before. Uh, the last episode we recorded was such a blessing to me, and I trust that it was a blessing to our listeners. Yeah, we needed her back. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to do a few more in, in the future, but uh, who's our guest today, Will? We have back with us Melissa Mackey, and Melissa is an expert, if you will, um, in faith and work, that space, which is particularly relevant to um, Chicago and Chicago's gospel, because we're talking about faith, we're talking about work. Hmm. Chicago's a city that works. And Melissa's um, not new to this. She's been doing this a, a long time. It's even been evolving for her. But today's episode particularly is Melissa's sweet spot. It's her passion. Um, I think she has good advice for people who are wrestling with their vocation on a personal level. Mm. But one of her biggest pieces of advice is finding community. Mm. And that's where she kind of left us last time when we didn't have time to tease it out. So we're dedicating this episode to talking about what um, what does our work look like when done in a community of believers. Does that mean, welcome back, Melissa, yeah, well, by the way. Back. Thank you. Um, does that mean that, um, you know, we should have little churches, you know, on the 32nd floor of the Aeon Center or uh, what, what is... Building. Huh? Great building, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is a great building. Uh, but what, yeah, start, just, this is your, your mm-hmm. sweet spot. This is your wheelhouse. Uh, we want to know more about the communal aspect of yeah. it, but we also want to know about the organization, uh, Faith and Work Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think, first of all, I think um, so much about the sort of uh, the church is is the gathered church that we do on Sunday mornings. We do it in, you know, community groups mm-hmm. and uh, times with our, our local churches. But then there's also the aspect of this the scattered church, which is just mm-hmm. when we walk yeah. out the doors and the places that we go to, the opportunity that we have to, to bear witness to the gospel that we believe in wherever the Lord has sent us. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about last time that for so many hours of our week, you know, that's our places of work. Um, that's where we show up on a Monday morning. And so, you know, to, it's too easy to sort of separate uh, those things out. And I, and I think our, our culture really pushes us to do that. Our culture says, you know, keep the private life things private, you know, those, those mm. opinion level things, the values, that's fine for you to kind of do on your own time. But, you know, sort of the, the public space is the space for, you know, uh, facts and, um, you know, whatever story it is yeah. that, <laughs> that they're, but really that's a whole, that's a whole value in and of itself. That's mm. a, that's a, a story. Um, and so I think that one, we, we have to be people who understand that the gospel itself is actually public truth, that mm. it is not, um, 
something that we section off to right. our private lives, but we believe this is a historical event that right. actually is a starting point for everything, for how yeah. we understand the world, right? You want to talk about facts? Let's talk about a fact. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, you know, we go out um, from our Sunday morning um, as people who who believe this story, who right. are living this story. Um, and But that is so hard to do when we show up in places where, again, there's sort of these counter narratives that yeah. are telling us a different story about, and we, I said last time about, you know, what the good life is, yeah. what it is that we're pursuing. What, what's one example of those narratives that you hear maybe at masquerades in different ways, depending on if you're in mm-hmm. healthcare or finance, but what, what is maybe just one example of an alternate yeah. narrative, That's an alternate great, gospel? That's a great question. Well, I mean, I think so much like kind of a prevailing one right now is, you know, that we make our own meaning, you mm-hmm. know, that, um, that whatever, uh, whoever, or our own identity, you know, who, who I say I am is the, the governing truth and, you know, my own, uh, interests and pursuits. No one else has the right to define that for me. Um, you know, right. (laughs) It sounds so liberating, but what a prison, because if you really just think about that for five seconds, it, you live in this world by yourself if yeah. you if you take that to its logical end. Yes. That's that's a prison. Absolutely. And and it's paralyzing for so many people too, because they have to figure out their right. own meaning for themselves. And um that's that's exhausting. That's an exhausting place to live. Yeah. And you know, I mean, data is a big industry and a growing one, mm-hmm. data science and data jobs. And when you say that, I'm thinking like the narrative of make your own meaning is so contra data, mm-hmm. contra counterfactual. Hmm. You you deal with medical professionals. It's a lot of science. You deal with business people. It's numbers, none of which really lies. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, it's... I mean, the, the story that we live, again, that, that big picture story that we have to keep coming back to is that there's a king over the universe yeah, and that, you know, that, um, yeah, he entered our story in the middle of history to show us the, to show us the end and, and to point the way and to recreate us to be a people who, um, yeah, who are redemptive agents in this world. So, yeah. you know, it's such a different story um, that we, we walk into our Monday morning job with, um, and that is so hard to hold on to when mm. you start getting into, mm. you know, just the the gossip culture at work mm. or the, you know, the metrics that I have to meet. It's really easy to, to lose sight of that and to just, um, yeah. And, and again, maybe it's that story of like, I have to make my own meaning. I have to figure it out for myself. Or maybe it's just a, you know, I got to I can do whatever it takes to get ahead. It doesn't yeah. matter if I kind of cut these corners. It's it's that mentality of like, well, this is just how it is. Mm. Everybody does this. Right. You know, we can, you can easily mm. fall into yep. that trap of like, well, this is normal, quote yeah. unquote. So this is a hard story to hold on to yeah. once we enter into the workplace. So I would suspect that one of the ways we strengthen mm-hmm. ourselves to live out this story is by what we're calling, we probably shouldn't name it considering you're the expert, but what we're calling vocational communities. Yes. Is there a better way yeah, of thinking I mean, about that? Maybe I think about it just as community, community. in general. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, as I was saying that, I was like, yeah. well, community. <laughs> it is just community. But I think... <laughs> Too yeah. general for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I, I think, I mean, so much of it, again, relates to, we talk about this all the time as the, it's the true story of the world. So if we're co- constantly 
thinking about how we live out that narrative, how we understand the false narratives that are around us, that this world actually isn't normal. It isn't normal that we mm. only look Amen. out for ourselves, that That's we, right. you know, have to make our own meaning or whatever. Mm. That's actually abnormal. It's been wow. corrupted by sin. If, if we have that in our mind, then we can like walk into these situations and, and at least have our antenna up for it. Yeah. But then what we actually need, so more than just, you know, saying like, okay, I understand or I have an intellectual idea, is we need community around us and we need habits that form us into people who love and live into this story. Why is a community important? Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is probably like the biggest, you know, drum that I want to beat is that, so I, I love the author James K. Smith. I would recommend, you know, he has a book, uh, You Are What You Love, um, which just talks so much about how we're not just thinking things. We're not brains on a stick. So we don't just need, you know, a good sermon on Sunday morning and then we can go or we read a good book or have a good Bible study, you know, and then we can go into our workplace and, and somehow um, everything else that's shaping us in embodied ways of what people believe around us that we're just going to like, oh, I just have to think the right thing. You know, if I can just... Um, um, if I can just get the right thoughts in my mind. But no, it's really like those habits and practices, the people that are living the same story as as we're living, who are reminding us every day that, you know, you're not crazy for um, – you know, admitting your mistake or your failure at work. That's actually not a crazy way to live. That's the right way to live. Like mm. that is what we are called to. And we need people reinforcing that because what – Otherwise, the opposite gets reinforced, you know. Yeah. Again, the people in our workplace, the, the way the culture is, the water that we're swimming in um, is just telling us, like, this is normal. This is what to right. do. That's kind of the drumbeat. But when You're we're, the aberration. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, whether that's finding Christians in our workplace or who do the same kind of work or it's just, you know, our community of faith. Uh, in the church that we live our daily life, you know, that we that we live life with to right. some degree. Yeah. Um, you know, we need to have those people who are constantly reinforcing, like, it's not crazy that you're living this way. Keep on, keep on doing it. I'm doing it too. We're doing this together. So it's the goal of being a Christian in in the workplace. So if we're all in agreement with the story principle, and is the goal then just to, well, if I can have a Bible study, in the middle of the week when it's the hardest or I'm sick of it, that that's the ultimate. Is that, is that the goal? Is that a, maybe is it, it's nice, but is right. that the goal? Like, Oh, if I can like sort of sprinkle mm. some spirituality with a weekly Bible study at work, then, then I've got, then yeah. I'm doing community. Right, right. I mean, obviously I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think so much of this, like, so much of this about it is about our character, right? It's about who I'm becoming hmm. every day and everything that I do. Um, and so it's it's not just about sort of a one-time hit of like some spiritual stuff, you know, midweek that'll keep hmm. me going. But it 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 really is those formation. Uh, you know, we talk about them as like counter formation practices that if we're being conformed, you know, all the time by the world, by the um, the things going on in our work, then we need some sort of counter formation practices that are helping us actually, you know, become a certain person. Yeah. It's not just about doing, uh, you know, it's 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 a an idea of becoming. Uh, who am I becoming? That takes humility because yeah. it recognizes as a starting point that even though I think I'm strong, right. I'm far more yeah. susceptible to these things than I, than I think I am. Yeah. And I love, you know, I've, um, just being around people who are, again, even just trying to think about this, trying to embody, um, some practices that, that actually help us 
be formed into the kind of people we want to be. Um, it, Smith talks about the idea of like our hearts are like compasses and, and what are they pointed at? Uh-huh. You know, he talks about being pointed at the kingdom of God and the things that he uh-huh. loves. So how do we like form and train and shape and like do the, you know, the exercises. Like if we want to become a, you know, marathon runner, then there are exercises that we do. You know, it's not just about like one run on a, you know, Wednesday that's going (laughs) to help us, but like, what are those actual things that are, you know, daily forming and shaping us? So some people, um, you know, have have begun practices like, I I love this. Um, one guy talked about, you know, as he taps into work, um, on, you know, uh, his, his badge that, you know, lets him in the door, he thinks about like, I am entering this place as a priest in this, in this place, you know, I'm standing between the Lord and these people and I'm a representative. And how do I think about that? So, you know, it's, it's that, um, those embodied, like tangible, like, okay, I do this another person. Yeah. It's like, I get up to, you know, use the restroom and I walk past, 10 people's, you know, cubicles or whatever. And I pray for each person as I take a step, as I take a step. So, you know, how do we, how do we intentionally think about practices? Um, the, another book I'd love to recommend the common rule by Justin Whitmill early. He thinks about, um, praying three times a day on your knees. And we challenge, um, people who, who are part of our program to actually do this. And that includes like at lunch, uh, you know, in your workplace. So where can you go to, to get away? And maybe you're just stand at a window and open your, you know, your, your hands to the sky, um, or put your palms up. Um, but it's, it's training ourselves in these practices that bring, uh, our, our lives under the Lordship of Christ into our daily workplace. Mm. You know, it's not separated out when I go home, it's not on Sunday morning, but it's like, we can actually begin to bring some of those things into our day-to-day work. So so you, that sounds all nice and good and as individual practices, but there's something happening that you know about and you need to tell us here that um, this is being fed. These mm-hmm. ideas are being fed, not just by individuals, but this is, this is happening, not just one person isolated, mm-hmm. two people isolated. This is, there's some kind of momentum happening mm-hmm. and that's about the communal aspect, yes. not just the Bible study, but these habits that are being shaped, that are shaping our work, are being um, uh, reinforced by friendships, mm-hmm. uh, maybe from the church, not during church hours, mm-hmm. uh, what we're calling vocational communities or community. So you talk to us about about that. Is this where we talk about Faith and Work Chicago? Because <laughs> sure, you, you, in, in 2015, you come to Holy yes. Trinity and I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, Faith and Work Chicago, did it start right at that time? Uh, uh, within those couple of years. Wow. Yep. Yep. So um, yeah, I, I mentioned last time I'd been working with college students, uh, was transitioning to work with um, with kind of young professionals, ended up at Holy Trinity Church with a who had a similar desire and passion. Um, and so we began doing, we did a, a summer course and just found that there was incredible hunger for it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, initially I was thinking I was working with kind of 20-somethings, that transition from college to the workplace, which there was definitely a felt need for there. But I think I was surprised that we started seeing, you know, um, retirees coming out, people wow. who had been in their professions 30, 40 years. And it, it really opened my eyes to the the hunger for a space to talk about this kind of stuff. Mm. I think um, one of the things that uh, one of 
our our participants said is, you know, I have sort of my church friends where I talk about sort of, you know, my spiritual life, if we're going to separate those things. (laughs) And then I have my work friends and we talk about our work. But there are so few places where those two things come together, where I get to talk about, you know, my work in the context of my life under Christ. And, um, And it's crazy that that's so unique, but we just recognize how you know, another um, friend uh, wrote a wrote a book, and and one of the things he talks about is how often, um, you know, we walk in the church door, and the unconscious message, and sometimes it's ex- said explicitly, is leave your cares, you know, outside and come in and worship the Lord. And so we're unconsciously, you know, given this sort of dualism huh. of thinking that like, oh, like my work life, all of those things that I've been so worried about, so caught up in, that has consumed my week, like I I I leave those aside and I come and I I enter God's presence instead of saying like I need to bring all that stuff into God's presence. Right. So that the gospel can actually speak to yeah. these things. Huh. And I need to involve my friends who are, you know, my brothers and sisters in Christ who are walking with me. It's not just, you know, through like my mom's illness that they're walking through me. Mm. They're walking through me with this really hard coworker situation that I'm dealing with, or, you know, um, the the failure my failure at work. I'm actually bringing that to people who care about me, who can pray with me and for me, who can give me godly wisdom, you know, and advice. Um, and so, yeah, I think what we're, what we're finding or what we've found over the last eight years now, um, is that there's just, there's a real longing for that kind of space. Um, and so, yeah, so Faith and Work Chicago was sort of born in that, that time frame when, you know, I was, a um, uh, as, as I'm on staff with crew, uh, raise my support and then can come alongside and work with the local church, um, to kind of create programming specifically in this space. And so we branded Faith and Work Chicago as sort of a, a partnership so that it's very much city facing. Uh, we've had people from, I think I have 20 different churches uh, in Chicagoland who have been part of our programming. Wow. Um, but it also sits in a really sweet space uh, inside the local church where we have the, right. you know, the the authority of, the, of the, under the local church. We have the resources and, um, awesome. and people that, yeah, are involved. How do our people find out more about Faith and Work Chicago? Well, the best place is faithandworkchicago.com. All one word. Um, Yep. (laughs) Tried to make it easy, although it's very long. Um, So faithandworkchicago.com. It's easier Um, than ASCC Chicago (laughs) with three C's in the middle of the URL. That's tricky. That is tricky. Um, Not three W's at the beginning. Oh, right, three right, C's right. in the middle. <laughs> you got to try to make it make it hard for the people. <laughs> right. um, How bad do you want right. it? <laughs> right. So yeah, you can find our website. We have all of our information and whatnot. Um, you can also sign up for our newsletter. Try to send out information about upcoming events. You can follow us on, on Instagram too. Uh, also Faith and Work Chicago. But I think, you know, some of the big things that we're trying to do. One, um, Will, you, you started to kind of allude to it is our our nine-month fellowship program. And um, that is a space where uh, I think so much of this gets really shaped and formed. And um, I've seen an incredible impact uh, as we've done this uh, we're going into our eighth year of offering this nine-month fellowship program. We've had 104 um, wow. participants over the course of that time. Not just Holy Trinity people. Right. And and that's where uh, about 50, 50-50, 50% wow. Holy Trinity, 50% um, about 20 different churches around Chicagoland. Um, and it's just, it's my favorite thing that I do. <laughs> it's the thing that I would say, like, I can't believe I I get to do this. It's uh, What does it look like? Yeah. So it's a, uh, during the academic year, we meet weekly on Sunday afternoon, um, our participants 
participants are are reading 16 different books and selections <laughs> from people like Augustine, Calvin Luther to people I've been mentioning, James Smith, uh, Justin Early. Um, we're thinking about how culture shapes our work, but then we're also doing a deep dive on this story. So I keep mentioning, you know, the true story of the world, thinking about uh, creation to restoration, how the gospel impacts everything. Um, and then we're thinking about how does the gospel impact our our own hearts, our community, our culture, uh, and our work. Um, so they're doing a tremendous amount of work. We have three different retreats throughout the course of the time. Um, they're working on spiritual disciplines. They're doing some of those things I was talking about. Um, but really it's that space where as a community, they're, they're sharpening one another. They're pushing one another, challenging, praying for, um, and being those believers who are asking questions and involved in one another's daily work, you know, not trying to separate out, like, this is the church stuff we do and this is my other life, but really bringing those you've together. Seen friendships form. Oh, through that, it's crazy. Um, the the alumni groups that continue to meet and, wow. and pray for each other. I've got a wedding coming up this Saturday, actually, of some mm-hmm. alumni. It's, um, yeah, it's it's really sweet to see that continue. How frequently do you see fresh college grads do that? Yeah, and what kind of benefit does it? does it provide for that demographic? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so this is another space where we have, you know, people from fresh out of college to some retirees who have been part of the program. And I love the way that they sharpen one another mm-hmm. and and really, um, yeah, help one another learn and just, uh, you know, from different different stages of life and whatnot. Um, but but we definitely have had new college grads. And I think there's, um, there's huge benefits. I've so many people who have come to me and like just moving to the city. And I'm like, this is the best thing that you could do. <laughs> or just oh, no starting kidding. in a new job or just starting, you know, um, uh, work for the first time, whatever, out of college, because it is such a foundational like groundwork um, to to begin to understand like what it looks like to to live out this integration of faith and work to not sort of, you know, make them separate um, in our lives. Or like I mentioned, the the friend who said, um, you know, I recognize that the work environment I was in was really shaping me in a way I didn't, I didn't want to be. It wasn't the person I wanted to mm. be. And, you know, as do this program because yeah. I think you'll, you'll be in a, a really sweet space um, to be shaped the way that you want to be shaped. So, so let's say, yeah, that person who is, <laughs> seeing a, a malformation yeah. let's call it of their soul in a in a in their in their job going through with faith and work chicago the cohort um that you're, you're doing um isn't necessarily going to be coaching them out of their their jobs right mm-hmm. you, how, you, you talk about faithful presence yep do you often see people just fortified to like stick at the same job yeah yeah definitely i mean i think well, um, this past year, actually, there was a um, a woman who was had done her first year of teaching and was done in CPS. She was like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm I'm done. Yeah. Uh, she was looking for a new job, even as she came into our cohort. And uh, her her testimony on the other side was that it really helped her to see that she, because so often we are trying to make our work uh, about ourselves that we we think. Um, we, we just have a, a wrong idea of what our work is about. So one of the things she said on the, the backside is that she recognized she could she could love her students, she could serve them. Mm. Again, that idea of like not because she needed something from them, but because the Lord had given her everything she needed, she could freely give herself away. And mm. it just really changed her, you know, her um, her thoughts about her work, her understanding for her purpose there, what the Lord had her there for. Um 
uh, and and yeah, she continues to to be a CPS teacher now. But I, I think it it grounded her in a community that encouraged her, supported her, helped her think rightly about the work that she was doing. Some Christians go through their whole their whole careers and work and never have that community. Yeah, that's that's hard. That's it's probably sad from yeah. where you sit. You probably yeah. wish more could could get that. Yeah. I, get them when they're young, right? You're younger. Definitely. Or wherever, retirees, you say. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we so we do this. The program is called the Burnham Fellowship. It's our nine-month fellowship. But we also recognize that that is not something that everybody can do. Um, you know, that it, it requires, uh, it's it, there's a, it's an intensive discipleship program. There's financial skin in the there game is, too, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. And then the time and the, the study and whatnot, um, there is a cost to that. But uh, I think it's worth it for right. one. So I definitely yeah. would say that is Small a thing if you can do it. Um, but we also have, you know, we created some other spaces um, to, to get this kind of input as well. And so um, we're actually just wrapped up last night, our Summer Institute of Faith and Work. It's a six-week course that we do every summer. Um, we've done some different series. Even this past uh, spring, we did a series called Six Urgent Questions um, for Christians in the Workplace. And so that was a Friday morning at 7 a.m. We met cool. and kind of Very sent cool. people into their to their work after that. So we do a lot of different kind of programming uh, opportunities for people to just come around a table and yeah. uh, and talk to other Christians. Yeah. Well, I want to finish with two things. First has to do with the resources mm-hmm. and then maybe the end with the way that you try to shape or the people that you're discipling, try to not just enjoy that community, but shape the churches that you're in mm-hmm. um, to help these things flourish. But let's start with the resources. You've mentioned um, Jamie Smith. Um, give us a few books, maybe podcasts, who knows what, whatever resources yeah. you think are just gold, uh, maybe a little snippet about them so that people mm-hmm. have a bit more direction if their time yeah. is limited about what to pursue. Yep. Um, so yeah, where, where would you lead our audience? Yeah, absolutely. And I say Will's actually got on the table probably my top recommendation in terms of a book. It's Tim Keller's Every Good Endeavor. Mm. It's the place I would always start in terms of really getting this kind of framework for really getting a, a good um, theological basis for uh, for God's purpose and design for work. Why is he good at everything? I know, right? <laughs> Was he good at everything? Yes, now he's God better for Tim at Keller. everything. Yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, absolutely. That's a starting place. And even when I think about, um, you know, churches that don't have a faith and work program or that's not something that they can get involved with, I always say, like, start with a book study. Uh, just gather a group of people, that's you great. know, whether it's at the church or even in your workplace or whatever that might look like, and, and just do a book study with every good endeavor. I think there's even a study guide out there. Um, fantastic starting place. Um uh, another book that I always recommend is, uh, and I, I alluded to a quote, I think, from her, but um, Amy Sherman has a book called um, Kingdom Calling, mm. and she talks a lot about this idea of vocational stewardship. And it's one mm. of my favorite concepts, yeah. um, but it's just this idea of no matter where you are, uh, God has given you mm-hmm. um, vocational power, uh, your knowledge, your networks, your platform um, to steward, and we're called to steward that. So good. Yeah, so um, she's got uh, just... Really great insight on this idea of vocational Kingdom stewardship. Kingdom calling. That's a good title. Yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, the two other books I've mentioned so far have been The Common Rule, Justin Wentmail Early. Uh, fantastic. Just thinking about, you know, I think sometimes the idea of like uh, spiritual disciplines or formation practices can feel so daunting. Like, oh, I have to sit down and read my Bible every day. I don't know if I can do that. And then we just quit, you know? Yeah. I've read that book uh, yeah. and I feel like he's a lawyer. Justin Wentmail yep. Early is a lawyer. Yep. And he, I feel like he really puts down on shelf level the accessibility to start 
at least being intentional with how you live your life in and outside of a job. Yeah, absolutely. And he kind of really gets at this idea of, of how we're shaped and formed, the habits that are forming us. Mm. Um, and And it's just, you know, it's not about a list of rules of things to do, but about really like becoming the people that we want to become. Yeah. Um, so that's another one. And then uh, I've mentioned James K. Smith and You Are What You Love, who uh, is also a fantastic one. And actually, one of the things that he does that I I really love, and I don't know that I've said it enough um, as we've been talking, is is even just the role of the the church and the um, the Sunday morning worship space is that which helps shape and form us to the true story, and then send us out um, as as people on mission uh, to bear witness to this story. And so uh, he talks a lot also about habits and practices. But um, but man, I am such a, a you know, champion of of the mm. local church and of the gathered mm. church and and the need um, for it. Maybe can I end on a quote? Um, he he. Uh, this is actually from uh, Awaiting the King. It's another um, uh, book that that Smith wrote. But he says that the church is less a contrast society we retreat into <laughs> than a recentering community of practice that we are sent from. <laughs> it is a training ground for a sent people whose mission will take them into the contested space of markets and elections, corporations and council halls. So just that wow, idea of of who we great. are as the church. We're not meant to just be a you know a holy huddle that you know good for us, but um, but we are we are shaped and formed, uh, recentered, and then sent back out on mission. Hard to follow up on that, but I've started <laughs> speaking, so I guess I'm shutting it down. Anything you want to add, brother? I mean, beyond our sincere gratitude to our sister. No, this this is this is probably going to be one of the most uh, formative episodes. Uh, that we've had, and I think it can be explored more. And I think just if you are um, an employee, a Christian, you work in a church, I think you should seriously check out Faith and Work Chicago. The other thing that just came to mind, Melissa, and I think you, you would probably say yes to this, is that I think our uh, anyone who's a Christian and cares about work and the story, maybe they should insist that their pastors... Mm at least think about how the Sunday gathering is shaping them to mm-hmm. scatter. Like we do, we want to be faithful yep. in how we use the word of God, but are we as pastors um, really being mindful oh, that these people are spending 160 plus hours a week, not here mm-hmm. where I get to work, but are we, are we, are they now buttressed um, for going into the contested spaces? Uh, I love that. Well, Thank you for tuning in. We're grateful for your listening. We're grateful to you, Melissa. Thank you. We'd love to have you again. Yeah, it's been a privilege. Yeah. Um, So God bless you. And uh, until next time, may the joy of our Lord Jesus Christ and his unchanging gospel sustain you in your work or wherever you may be. Thanks for joining the conversation on Chicago's Gospel Podcast. If you're benefiting from these conversations, consider sharing this podcast episode with a friend or neighbor. We would also love to hear about topics you want to discuss. So reach out to us with your ideas at gospel at ASCCChicago.org. Until next time, remember that Christ's unchanging gospel is transforming your life in an ever-changing city.